Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of First Gear. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric, and I'm joined here, as always, with my good buddy Tanner. What's going on, man? Hey man, we're going to give this another shot. Uh, Yeah, so we attempted to record last week, and none of the technology was having it, along with... I was coming off of being sick, didn't feel all that great at all, could barely talk, and yeah, it was just not good. Because, yeah, we we tried, what, two nights in a row last week, and the one episode that we did get like halfway through, it, the technology just quit, and <laughs> we were like, yeah, this just ain't happening. Yeah, it was it was interesting. That, and I was coming off of whatever bug has been going around where i just couldn't breathe couldn't talk there was no enthusiasm there was no nothing going on that i feel like people would have wanted to listen to so thank you guys for being patient with us for a week and dealing with us this week so we got a lot to actually unpack this week we got to go to a pretty cool event we got to go to pri which is the big convention for the performance racing industry um First time we'd seen each other in three years. Like there's a whole, and then we had a ton of adventures along the way this weekend. So there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> that is an understatement, man. <laughs> and like I said in my uh, Instagram post today, uh, I'm pretty confident that anytime we're going to do anything together, it's just going to be an adventure. <laughs> but that makes it more fun, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it goes smooth sailing, it's not that much fun. If we don't, we won't be able to sit here and tell everybody about it. <laughs> right there's no challenges that way so man i'm just gonna dig right into it so we decided like on a whim almost we've been talking about going to pri for probably three weeks and just couldn't pull the trigger on it for whatever reason we're like oh i don't know if i want to go or spend the money or you know whatever excuse whatever you know check off that box and we decided on like Tuesday, I started feeling a little bit better and we were like, you know what? Screw it. What are hotel prices? And we actually found this nice little, it wasn't bad, like for 80 bucks no. that night. It wasn't bad at all. No. I mean, it wasn't quite a game time decision, but it was damn near. <laughs> it was pretty close. Like if we had waited the night after, it definitely would not have happened. No. And I mean, as of Monday last week, we we're not going at all no as of monday last week i was at home like working from home and all sorts of other stuff i don't know what the hell that bug is but it does not when it hits it's not cool like you get a fever you don't feel good you get lightheaded getting up and all sorts of other stuff and it takes a lot to like put me down like that and it just wasn't fun (laughs) yeah and i'm uh i'm very glad i haven't got it and I hope I don't, but I got more traveling to do this week, so we'll see. Yeah, you sleep a lot more than I do, though, so you have an advantage there. <laughs> I try to, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Facts. Like this so, weekend, there was not much sleep to be had. No, but it was worth it. Oh, yeah, completely worth it. So we left out for PRI on, we decided we were going by like Wednesday and then headed out on Friday morning and we're going to meet at the Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana, where PRI is held. It's in the convention center and it's also in Lucas Oil Stadium. So like my adventure started pretty early with this whole thing. 
Um, I took my Jeep. It's a 20,000, 20,000. It's a 2017 Jeep Grand Cherokee limited. So it's pretty nice. Like it's the nicest car I've ever had. And I'm like proud of that thing. It's cool. So get halfway down. I got to pull off for like 45 minutes to work for a little bit um, just to catch up on morning stuff, emails, messages, things like that. And it's drizzling a little bit. I didn't think anything of it. Like I use Rain-X. So the, you know, the water beads real nice off the windshield anyways. And stop off for a half hour. I get back out on the interstate. Man, it is downpouring, like downpouring rain. And one of my windshield wipers or the wiper arm actually has a history of tracking weird. So it used to be whenever we first got it, it would track up so every hit every swipe of the windshield wiper it would go farther and farther towards the edge of the windshield and i thought i had it fixed evidently i don't so i start going down like i get back on the interstate and it starts just the the total opposite way it's like only doing half the windshield going little half strokes up and it's ripping the other wiper blade apart because they're touching now because it's not going up and down the way that it's supposed to and i pull off the interstate again i'm like son of a bitch what is this thing doing and so I put it back where it was supposed to be, what like what I did the time before that fixed it. And it was fine. And it started tracking right. I was like, cool. All right, I'll just replace that blade later on. And get another 15 minutes down the road, it's downpouring. And then it starts tracking the other direction, heavily tracking the other direction. It starts going off the windshield. And it gets to the point where the wind, the, the wiper is getting blown by the wind hard enough. It's smacking the interior, it's smacking the, the driver's side window. I'm like, what the, what the heck is happening? So not a minute later after that happens, that sucker catches wind hard enough and it just shoots in between a pillar and my driver's side mirror. And it's stuck there. I can't do anything about it. I'm doing 75 miles an hour on the interstate in the middle of traffic, in the middle of a downpour. And I can't see out the driver's side window or side of the windshield. So I'm sitting like in the center console of the Jeep watching that other wiper blade just go to town and, you know, half blade and everything just go to town and somehow made it down to Lucas Oil Stadium that way. And then I was like, you know what? Screw it. If it's just going to do half the windshield or whatever it was doing before, that is so much better than it just not existing. I'm just happy it didn't break anything, which was awesome. We're going to have to have, I think there's a gear inside that motor that's just toast that we're going to have to have replaced. So I'm going to have that redone. And God, that was just crazy. <laughs> that, I hadn't even gotten to the thing yet. Like this was before the weekend had even started. <laughs> oh, man. When you told me that story, man, I just, <laughs> I couldn't even contain myself. I was like, <laughs> you can't even make this stuff up. No, I felt like Clark Griswold there for a second. If you guys don't know who that is, that's the guy from a Chris guy from Christmas Vacation and Family Vacation and all those vacation movies that were made in the eighties that everything in the world happens to that family. And I was sitting there going, This is a this is a sparky moment right here. Uh-huh. That's what they, that's exactly what that was. And I mean, the start to my adventure really wasn't a whole hell of a lot better because it downpoured the whole way for me. Yeah. So I left home at like, I don't know, probably 4.30 in the morning because it is a five-hour drive for me. And the night before, I changed the oil in my car. No big deal. It's just, it was due anyway, so I just did it. And uh, 
put some injector cleaner in it too, just because it's going to be cruising down the interstate. So what a better time to run some Lucas treatment through it and just let it clean itself out. Car ran great. But I also noticed when I stopped at the, at the auto parts store here in town to get some of the Lucas treatment and I noticed one of the wipers, like half of the wiper blade, like half of the actual wiper itself was just peeled off just from age. So I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll just, I'll just get some new wipers. It's not that big a deal. And I always like to get the Bosch ones just because I had a lot of good luck with them. But I just put them on because just in case, you know, going down the road, it starts raining. I'm going to need them. Well, I had put some rain X on it too. So that probably saved me a little bit, but then it got to the point to where I actually needed them. (laughs) And I kept seeing this like black smudge, like right, like right in my line of sight. And it was just (laughs) driving me nuts. Right. And obviously since I'm following a pretty strict diet right now, I'm drinking a lot of water too. So I, I probably stopped three times just to use the restroom or whatever. But every time I get to the rest area, I would bring out some paper towels because this smudge kept coming back. I thought there was actually something on my windshield, but every time I wiped it off and we get going down the road again, it would come back. I'm like, what is going on here? These are brand new wipers. This should not be happening. And I stopped, I don't know, probably 15 minutes out of town just so I could fill up with fuel so I wouldn't have to stop on the way home. I could just go straight home. Well, it was worse than the whole rest of the way. And I was like, I don't know what is happening here. (laughs) So I used the, I used the brush and the cleaner at the truck stop and got it all cleaned up. And sure enough, it started doing it again. And I'm like, that's it. I'm like, I'm not going to use wipers the rest of the way. These things are junk. They're brand new and they're junk. Right. And then I finally get to Indianapolis and I'm going to the stadium. I should have just gone to the stadium because that's what I had in the GPS anyways. Right. Right. But I saw there was public parking garages right across the street. And I'm like, well, I'll see if I get lucky if there's a spot in one because I just have a little car. So it'd be just fine. And, uh, so I go, go around the block once every garage is full. I'm like, Oh, great. For some reason, it never crossed my mind to just continue on to the stadium. Cause obviously there was plenty of parking there yeah, and it was yeah. a lot cheaper, but I end up finding this underground parking garage. It was the only one around that was close that said it was not full yet. So I, pull up to this thing usually you just push the button and you get a ticket and then you pay when you leave yeah yeah no not this place i pull up to this thing and i press the button and it starts calling somebody i was like uh okay and i'm like yeah i'm at the i'm at the parking garage or whatever street it's on and i'm like i just need the i need to get my ticket and have the gate open so i can get in she's like well you actually need to call the phone number that's on the on the kiosk there and uh then it'll send you a text message and you'll pay online i was like okay well i've never seen this before so i call that number i hit the i think it was like number one because that's what the kiosk number was and it lets me in and 
it sends me a text message and I go online and look at it. And it said like the first couple hours was free or whatever. And I was like, huh, well, that's cool. It'd probably just be like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something to park there. We were only there. I think I parked at like one o'clock and we left the show at like five. Cause that's when it was over. Yeah. It was sometime yeah. around there. Well, and we actually, we walked out together and this parking garage is like a maze. I have never seen one so confusing in my life. Right. You pull right. into this place and there's, it's not like your typical parking garage where you pull in and there's cars parked on each side and there's one lane through it. No, there is lanes everywhere. They're parked in every direction. There's, I mean, there's pillars everywhere. It's super low profile. I'm like, man, I'm never going to find my car again. <laughs> So we walk through there and we finally find my car and we get in it and we go to leave and I had to call that number again to finalize the payment or whatever. $39. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. I just paid $40 for parking. I'm like, oh my God, no way. I am not doing this again. And then you tell me you parked at the stadium for 20 bucks. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I can't believe this just happened. So I didn't find any parking whatsoever. And I, I always default to whenever I'm around those kind of places, I always default to stadium parking, except in St. Louis. Cause there's like no stadium parking. It's all just a bunch of garages, but I digress. Right. Like, man, I, I saw that $20 sign and I was like sold. And then I got lucky and you could actually walk in through the backside of the stadium so if anybody goes next year, they have that open all the time. You can walk through the backside of the stadium. Go, uh, evidently, they have like this underground tunnel where you can go underneath, and then you're just you're just there, and you're at the convention center at the gate, ready to get your pass and everything ready to go. And it worked out perfect. I was super pumped, super happy with that. Um, my buddy met me with my pass uh, for fast, and that was it. That's all we had to do. Super simple. Yeah. And I mean, once we finally got into the event, it was pretty smooth sailing. Oh yeah. Dude, <laughs> we saw so much like PRI for like, I don't know if you guys have ever looked it up or anybody listening has ever been there or seen it or what have you. But if you're into racing or go fast stuff or cars or anything like that, it is well worth the price of admission. If you get to go because all the stuff is there. It's like SEMA for race cars. It just, that's the yes. best way I know how to describe it. SEMA for race cars. And they have all their new gadgets, toys, everybody, every manufacturer, whatever you're into is there. Chevrolet Performance, if you're into these, like, these little niche engine shops or race shops or billet performance or anything like that, it is going to be there. And it is so much fun. If you don't, if you haven't gone and you're in that area or in the Midwest, I would highly suggest going for at least a day. At least go for Saturday and just walk through it just because it's well worth it. Yeah. And I mean, about any form of motorsports you can think of is there. And all the drivers, all the big name drivers usually show up there. I just saw today that Kurt Busch was there. I don't know when, but I saw he really posted pictures. Yeah, he posted pictures. He had his helmet there on his car and everything. And oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, we saw his mean, car. It was yeah. we saw it was a next gen car too, which was pretty cool. We saw the forty five Monster Energy Toyota Camry there next to another race car amongst all the other race cars that were there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I mean that's that's half the fun in that event is you see all these big name drivers walking around and they're and they're just like normal people. Yeah. They're just like us walking around there. They walk around, they don't have a whole herd of people around them. You can walk up and talk to them, you can take pictures with them, they'll sign autographs for you, anything. And I mean, we saw Tony Stewart walking around, yeah. um saw a ton of dirt guys. We saw Scott Bloomquist. Yep. I mean, they were all there and not only that, but there's so much education that they put on too. all these different seminars. Uh, there's events throughout the day that go on. I mean, there's just so much to do. And for being a three day event, they jam pack a ton into three days. They really do. And like what he was saying, probably my favorite part is honestly how accessible everybody is like if you walk up to tony stewart he'd just shake your hand and say hey how's it going and if you asked him for an autograph you would just you know get him get him the autograph whereas if anybody's ever been to sema um this is why i like pri better than sema actually is because at sema the stars and certain cars and stuff like that are put up on a pedestal like they're not x they're not accessible and at PRI, it's the opposite. Everybody's just kind of casually walking around. You can go say hi to whoever. There's no star status, crazy crap going on. Motor Trend's not there. They're not, you know, ringing up a bunch of different people from different shows and putting them right. up here while all the, you know, all the peasants just go walk around the show. And right. That's just what makes it better, in my opinion. Um, one of my favorite parts was actually just seeing, like, Tony, Scott Bloomquist, we saw, um, and I can't think of that guy's name now. Uh, Max Pappas was just walking around. There was a bunch of yep. big name guys that were just there. Like they were just there having fun. And that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. And it's nice with all the vendors too. Like all the cars that are sitting there, the cutaway cars, you can walk right up to it, look them up and down. You can touch them. You can feel different things on it. You can take pictures of everything. I mean, it's, the most like front row seat experience that you can possibly get. And it's just wide open and it's not, it's not terribly hard to get a pass to go to the show either. You just got to register through a business. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be any shop, like for the most part. And even if you're not like the, the badge or the pass, I guess the PRI membership is what I'm trying to say. The PRI membership is only like 40 bucks, mm-hmm. I think. And yep. it gets you availability to go to the show and do all the things. Like you just go to all the seminars, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I, there's just so much there. I mean, there's diesel performance there. There's yeah uh, drag racing stuff. Uh, there's dirt cars, there's NASCAR, there's any car, there's Trans Am cars. Uh, there was even some drift cars there. I mean, about anything you can think of motorsports related and it's there. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, man, I can't believe, so we talk all, and we've stayed pretty close since the last time we've seen each other. It was hard to believe that it had been, like, we were talking about it the day before, that it's like, this is the first time we've actually seen each other in three years was this past weekend. Since the first time we met. Yeah, which is nuts. And it's just one of the cool things about like social media and, you know, technology that we have today. You can stay close to people without actually seeing them for quite a while. And 
then whenever you meet up, it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like you just you feel you just you don't skip a beat. You feel like you've seen them forever. So you're just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. And then we spent the whole weekend together. I mean, we got the hotel room together. We got to work out together. And that was cool because we weren't trying to kill ourselves running a 5K in the hills of St. Louis. So <laughs> yeah. that 5K was interesting. Um, most of them. The only other one that I've done like that is the one here in Washington. Um, where they run you through like the hills of town and whatnot, and you're just like dead the entire time. Yeah, it's like I just go down another big hill, just another, just go down, go downhill, stop going up. <laughs> like the old saying where it's uh, when you get some of the old guys you work with, they're like, "Back in my day when I went to school, I walked uphill both ways." Well, that's about what that five k felt like. Oh, it was that was intense. It was very intense. If I wouldn't have been running, running with, uh, I ran with Tyler Ball the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And if it wasn't for us kind of pushing each other, I bet we would have walked over half of it because we'd be cruising along and we get up this one hill, and then all the people that were at the different mile markers or different stations or whatever along the way, they're like, "All right, you guys are almost halfway." I'm like, "Almost halfway? Oh my god! I feel like I've been running forever." Right. See, I was so, man, that was a rough weekend for me. I was driving the bus and doing a bunch of uh, extra stuff for first form at that time. And man, I was so malnutritioned before I went and did that 5k. It was bad. Like halfway through it, I started to see like spots and get dizzy and all sorts of other (laughs) stuff. And by the time I got back, um, I ran with a couple of my buddies that were at first form because I didn't really like... We had played, we used to play football after work in the back parking lot for, you know, hours on end. And my legs were torched because of that. So it took the first half of the 5K just to hit like full stride after oh, that yeah. because my hamstrings were so tight. I couldn't run. Like it was just, I was just sitting there kind of like pace walking, I guess you could call it. Uh huh. And man, afterwards, I just remember his name is Aaron. He walks up to me and he goes, you don't look so good. I was like, I, f- I think I'm okay. And he goes, no, you need to go get some like post-workout and water and like, go do something. Go get, go get some protein. Go get, go eat something. He said, you're, he said, you're usually the whitest person I know, but now you're like paper white. You need to go eat something. <laughs> well, and then they had that big pancake breakfast there afterwards. And it's like, I'm going to need like an hour to recover before I can even think about eating pancakes. <laughs> right. What's crazy is just to like, man, progression is a crazy thing. The five, that 5k about killed me. Now I go run 5ks twice, twice, two to three times a week. And I'm not even out of breath or anything whenever I'm running. It's just, it's nuts. It just shows like, is if you keep consistent with certain things like strength or, you know, cardio or conditioning, CrossFit, whatever you want to do, like you just keep getting better at it. Now I can run three, four miles and it's no big deal. Yeah. I mean, I can't say the same because when I went for a run last week, that's probably the first time I've ran since that 5k. <laughs> oh, is it really? I'm pretty sure I, dude, I, I just don't ever run. I've never liked it. I used to do it all the time when I was wrestling because that was just part of it. And I was good at it. Then I could run forever, but I just, don't enjoy it. I find other ways to get cardio in and running is usually 
not in my top five of ways to do it. <laughs> I'm starting to, it's weird. I used to hate it with a passion and I'm starting to actually kind of like it. Cause if you, if you leave your earbuds out and just like go get past the suck of the first mile and a half or so, you can go forever. Like once mm. you find a pace or whatever, you can literally just go till the end of whenever you decide you're done. And it's all just mental from there. Like you're literally just fighting yourself to, you know, keep going instead of just like stopping intermittently. Cause mm -hmm. after a while, your body just like adapts to what you're doing and the load you're putting on it because you're not really, you're not like sprinting. So you're not completely out of breath. But once you find that little pace, like, you know, nine minute mile times or whatever, you can just go forever. That's how marathon runners do it is they build up to that certain point. And they just, that threshold, and then they just keep it there. And then they just go. Start knocking them out. Yeah, I uh, I definitely need to start doing it more, but I'll work on it. Yeah. yeah. If we lived if closer, we lived I'd closer, say you can just go with me. <laughs> well, that's half the battle, I think. And that's why it's probably going to be good for me, because it's just going to tap into that mental barrier of doing the hard things like i can get myself to go to the gym i train by myself every day same and same. that doesn't phase me one bit but the whole running thing i don't know what it is about it man but it is one of the hardest things i can get myself to do on my own oh yeah oh yeah well it's just like, well, it's in, like i don't know if anybody's gonna know what i'm talking about but in the third back to the future movie Doc is talking about the future and how people run for recreation and run for fun. And all those old guys just start laughing their asses off at that table drinking. They're like, run for fun. What kind of fun is that? <laughs> I ain't running hey. anywhere. <laughs> that's yeah. how most people, that's how I still kind of feel about it. It takes a lot. Like I got to get into a certain place and I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm putting my shoes on and I'm going outside. I'm going to go freaking do it. And that's it. Yeah, I'm. That's honestly just what you have to do. Mm hmm. Hundred percent. But getting to get a a workout in the gym with you that was that was fun, man. Because I don't I don't lift with a partner hardly ever. Yeah. Like yeah. very rarely. Same. And that was that was nice being able to push each other and try different things and it, it was, was cool, man. It was a fun workout too. It was just something. Yes. Partly in the app and then some add-ons just because, you know, when you can do back day, why not do more back day, I guess? Exactly. So, <laughs> I've never seen a sad person doing back day. Well, I do have one buddy that he just despises doing back. And he's like, I just, he said, I feel like I don't know how to train back. I don't ever feel like I get a pump in my back. I just, I don't like it. I'm like, dude, you just got to do a couple different things. and you'll notice it. I promise we do. We do some of the workouts that I have not on the app saved in my phone. If mm. your back's not pumped, you just, you just didn't try at that point. You start doing deadlifts, RDLs, you start doing like a lot of rows and bent over rows and dumbbell, all, all the rowing and you're going to feel it. Yeah. Well, and like if we wouldn't have been on a little bit of a time crunch, I probably could have done back for like three hours because they got a bunch of machines that mm -hmm. I don't have every day. And it's just like a little kid in a candy store, man. I was loving every bit of it. 
Oh yeah. If we would have had food or gotten breakfast, like in the, done like a two or three hour workout and got breakfast in the middle, the second half of that workout would have been nasty. It would have been fun because we were both like gassed whenever we decided oh, yeah. to leave. Well, it didn't help that we stayed up till like almost twelve thirty talking, but we had so many ideas to cover and just so much stuff to talk about that you just lose track of time. And then we're like, well, we're going to be to the gym by seven in the morning and then to the show by nine. We got to probably should get a little bit of sleep. Right. Well, it's also the first time, like it's different. We talk on the phone once or twice a week, depending on the week or whatever, sometimes none, but like it's different whenever you're with the person or whatever. Oh yeah. Actually, you know, just hang out and talk and, whatever because there's like we figured out so much cool stuff uh for the show for your future career like just Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff and it was a blast yeah and like i said all the conversations we had and as soon as i got home well i guess not as soon as i got home because i went straight to bed but (laughs) right away yesterday morning i started writing down a bunch of the stuff that we talked about because i'm like this is all stuff that was very valuable in the conversation and I need to have note of it and start making a plan to make all this stuff work. But that's also why we ended up not even leaving Indy until like seven o'clock. Right. <laughs> Saturday <Yeah>. night. <laughs> Just got to talking and it's like, man, we could do this hours on end. Oh, hundred percent. The only reason we stop is because we choose to. Yes, that 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 is it. That's the only reason. But man, I'm happy we got to meet your. So Friday night we got to eat dinner at what well, it was Checkered Flag Tavern, I think is where it yes. was, in Indianapolis, Indiana, and that place was so old school and so so much of a throwback. It was just cool. Like it was just this old school dive bar that served amazing food. Yes, the food was amazing, and it's just a, it's right up our alley because it's just a racing bar. Yeah, everything yeah. in there's racing, yeah. and that that just made it even better. Plastered up on every wall was five hundred pictures of like Earnhardt Senior, Gordon, Allen, Sir Junior. Like name your race in IndyCar or NASCAR, name your driver, and they were probably on that wall somewhere. Yes. Which was awesome. That and we met your boys from the Wolf Media Group. Yeah. Which that, is cool. And that conversation that night, that was incredible. Like that is probably one of the most valuable conversations I've had in a very long time. Same. Yeah. And it was just a bunch of guys spitting off, you know, like, what if we do this? What if we do that? And then connecting the dots after we'd throw out a couple things like, oh my gosh, if we do this, that means that we could make it work by doing this and you know just it without saying a whole bunch because i don't know how much you want to talk about on the show but right like it was just cool to sit there connect all the dots with two really really smart guys that have been in racing for a while it seems like yes that and you're going to be able to be more involved with my racing program going forward, which I am very excited about because you have experience, you work in that industry 
and I feel like you're going to add a lot of value to what we're going to do going forward, and we're going to get to take you racing next year, and I am freaking pumped for that. Yep, and then I'm never coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. Right? Well, she, already, she already knows. Like, we purposely, this is a true story, we purposely, like, when we are choosing vacations and stuff, choose not to go to Charlotte, North Carolina for the legitimate fear that I'm not coming home. <laughs> like, cause I'll start talking to somebody at one of the shops and you kind of figured out this weekend, I'll just walk up to anybody and start talking to them. I don't care. And strike a conversation with somebody and I'll wind up with a job before anybody knows it. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, every time I go down there, man, it's the same way. I'm there for a couple hours, and I'm just like, I just don't even want to go back. Just want to stay here, right? Everything I want is here. Well, it's the for those that are unfamiliar, you know, just getting into racing or whatever. Charlotte is where all the teams are at. All the teams, all the Cup teams, all the Xfinity teams. NASCAR is in the Charlotte area, North Carolina. That's it. Yep, and. That's what they live and breathe down there. And it what makes it so cool is that, like, yeah, dirt racing is very prevalent here in Iowa and same in Missouri with Peebley and everything. But right. you don't see these NASCAR shops on every corner. You don't see the haulers all the time. You don't see the drivers on every just regular run to the grocery store or at the convenience store or something like that. And just being down there and seeing that because it's unfamiliar is just so cool. Obviously, if you grew up there, it probably wouldn't be near as special because you're just used to it. Like, right. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah there's Kyle Bush. Yeah. Hey Kyle, how's it going? Right. But when you're not from that area and you go down there and you see it, you're just like, Whoa, it's Kyle Bush right there. That's awesome. You're sitting there going like Dell Jr. Just, kind of strolling down the road everybody's like hey junior what's up you're sitting there trying not to wreck your car like oh my god it's dealing our junior yeah and but that's what makes it so cool and i i think that it's very beneficial for people that don't grow up there and eventually move there i think that's what makes part of it so special and why they don't ever want to leave oh 100 yeah well like i've told people for years if i ever decide to move down there is a 0% chance my ass is coming back to Missouri. Nope, not going to happen. I'm in the same boat, man. It's just that place has just been a place that I've dreamed of my entire life. Same. And now that I've gone there a few times and got more familiar with it and kind of know where everything is and how things work, it's just like, I just want to be there. <laughs> well, it's cool about like some things is I can make whatever I'm doing work down in north carolina i don't have to be in missouri to make my stuff work mm -hmm. literally just be anywhere you know and indianapolis is kind of that way too because that is like the heart of open wheel racing mm -hmm. so the people around there i mean it's not uncommon for them to see like a marco andretti walking around or a graham ray hall or something like that because that's that's there like indycar's home is Indianapolis and like all the open wheel sprint car guys, Indianapolis is their home. So they're there. And that's why it makes going to Indy pretty special too, because it's the same thing. 
Well, see, I think it's cool that everything in Indianapolis is like Speedway Boulevard, Raceway Drive. Lucas Oil is plastered everywhere on every, you know, mm-hmm. wherever you're at, Lucas Oil is just there. And, and, and right, outside right outside of Indianapolis, of Indianapolis is, is where, where um, Wagler Motorsports Park is at. Not Wagler Motorsports Park, I'm sorry. That's where I went for Shides. It's where IRP... And the drag strip and all that stuff mm-hmm. is at too. And it's just like maybe five minutes out of town. It's not that far. Right. But there's just, and surrounding there is nothing but tracks. Like dirt track yes. racing is huge down there. Mm-hmm. And they just mm-hmm. have so much. It's like being, it's like another Charlotte only just for dirt track. And like you said, IndyCar and stuff like that, just because mm-hmm. everything is down there. And I wish I would have thought of it. And if we would have had time to do it, I would have taken you over to the actual street gasoline alley because yeah. that's like where all the sprint car shops are. I think there might even be some indie car shops back there, but it's really cool because it gives you a super old school vibe when you go back there because it's not, not really a rough neighborhood. It's just a much older neighborhood. Yeah. And just kind of tucked back in the trees is the street gasoline alley and you drive down it and there is just race shops everywhere both sides of the street that is awesome so when we go to pri next year and get to go for the whole three days or whatever yes show up on like tuesday and explore and then show up on tuesday or wednesday and go explore and then thursday friday saturday is the show we could probably do that Making plans. 2023 is going to be epic in more ways than hey, one. We may just have to go to the golf course and find one of those infamous bricks in the creek. What? Do you ever hear Dale Jr. talk about that? No. Like, all the original bricks off of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway are in the creek that runs through the golf course. They're buried in the mud. Kidding? Not kidding. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah. I think it's probably not, it's probably not legal to go in there and just do it. But Dale Jr., you have to look it up. There's, he's got a video of it. He pulls, he rolls his pants up above his knees and he walks through the creek and is just feeling down in the mud. And he's got a brick from the original brickyard and it's still got rubber on it. That's awesome. He is such a redneck. That's why I dig all his shit so much. Like, He's just like us. He'll do the same crap that we think of and go do. Like, he goes magnet fishing now, which I want to go do. That's totally random. But these people will, like, just get these 1,200-pound magnets or whatever Mm -hmm. and drag, like, safes, cars, all kinds of stuff from rivers and creek beds and stuff like that. Uh And you never know what you're going to find, which I think is pretty cool. And it's a hell of a lot better than regular just magnet hunting on a beach or whatever. Cause I've done that too. Right. And you don't find anything whatsoever besides like beer cans and shit that you don't want. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. just all the stuff you'd find out there, but yeah, I can't remember when he did that. It might've been a couple of years ago, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Like all the bricks are just buried in the sediment down on the bottom of the, the creek bed. And it, it'd be really cool to go get one at some point in my life. It's on my bucket list. Well, we might allegedly go down there. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you that are listening, it never happened. Nope. We bought the brick. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, that's friggin' cool though. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh him and Matthew Dillner went out there and did that. That may have been a lost speedways thing then, if him and Dillner went out and did that. I, I can't remember when he did it. I think it was it might have been the first time that he broadcasted at the Indy five hundred. I can't remember. Really? I, I can't remember. You'd have to look up the video. There's there's a video on YouTube of it. Done. Yeah, he's just digging in the mud and pulls up a brick from the original brickyard. Only Dale Jr. would do that <clears throat> out of most of the like announcers and, you know, old race car yeah. fans and stuff like that. That's why, like, he's the freaking dude. Yes. Man, so I meant to, I didn't ask you this while we were there. What was your favorite part of PRI? Like the favorite, your favorite thing you saw or got to do or go see or whatever. So what sticks out in my mind probably the coolest thing I saw would probably be that, uh, that late model that I took like 40 pictures of because that was just a beautiful car. I think that was in the, is that the Penske shocks booth? Yeah, there was a Penske yeah. shocks booth. I mean, there's so much cool stuff there. I mean, all the sprint cars are super cool because oh, yeah. sprint cars are by far my favorite race car of all time. They always will be. But there is something about that late model, man. Just everything was so perfect. I think it was the, you could tell the amount of time that they spent building it just by looking at it. Like everything was tucked. Everything was perfect. There was no no, like rivet hole or anything out of place in the entire car. The glass was perfect. Everything was just mint on that car. It was just a beautiful race car. And. I aspire to own a race car in my own shop that I can race that is that nice. It's that pretty. It'll stay on stands if it's that pretty. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It'd make you feel guilty for even driving it, but that that car, man. It's totally something about it. I don't know exactly what it was about it, but something, it just stuck in my mind when I first started looking at it, and I couldn't stop looking at it. Yeah. Well, it's probably because you build your own shit and you appreciate when stuff is built really, really well, like what that thing was. Yeah, and there's just so much pride to be had in building a product that is that nice. Mm-hmm. Man, this is... But I would say my other favorite thing was getting to run those simulators there at the end. Yeah. That was pretty cool, man. That was by far my favorite part of the show. Because... Those guys were so cool. Yeah, they were. They were really nice. And it was, it's called SimCraft is the simulators that we got to drive. So it's the same guys that build like Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell's name, your driver. They probably make something for them. They make a lot of Mm -hmm. name, well-known name drivers, racing simulators that they have in their home to practice on. And like, I think another one was what Kyle Busch has one of those two. Uh, I know Ben Rhodes' name was on there. Ty Majeski was on there. Jordan Anderson's on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denny's got one, obviously. The guy said he set a dirt car up on there for Christopher Bell one time. Yeah. And they were so cool. And it was at the end of the show, probably like the last hour of the show on Saturday. And yep. I just got talking to the one guy because I saw they had the the one we drove, they had the midget pulled up on iRacing on the Chili Bowl. And I guess got talking to the guy and I was like, man, I've ran the Chili Bowl the last couple years. And 
I don't know what it is about iRacing, but it is so incredibly hard on iRacing to run the midget on the Chili Bowl track. I'm like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because I wasn't a, I wasn't heavily involved in video games growing up. I just don't have the magic touch with right simulation yeah. or stuff like that. And he's like, well, you want to give it a try? And I was like, sure. I'm like, I'm not saying it's going to be pretty or anything just because like <laughs> I said, it, I struggle with it. And I mean, you feel like you're getting in like a spaceship when you get into that thing. Oh, it was awesome. And when I first, and I didn't know this until talking to you about it, but I guess they weren't super familiar Mm-mm. with how to get the settings exactly right for specifically the midget and the chili bowl. Yeah. And he had me hop on there and he ended up telling me he had the force feedback on the wheel set cranked way up because I think before they had like an Indy car or a Formula One car or something on there. So you got to have that super high force feedback on it. Yeah. And I, I pull out of the infield and I get on the track and I'm just kind of feeling it out. And then when I get it up to speed and start gassing it up a little bit and I go into the corner and I set it into the corner and the first bump I hit, it literally ripped the wheel out of my hands. I saw that. Like, I thought it was going to break my wrist. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what do you, what do we need to adjust? I'm like, that feedback is way too high, man. <laughs> I'm like, we got to turn this down. And, and that was what was so cool about him is because they, they tune it to your preferences. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of started making little tweaks here and there. We adjusted the pitch a little bit. We adjusted the yaw. We adjusted the force feedback and we got the feedback turned way down to where it felt really good. And then uh, when we started adjusting the yaw and everything, because it was just, it was yawing too much down the straightaway. Yeah. It, and yours was uh, out of shape whenever you first started, it was bad. Oh man. You can tell it was not set up for a midget. <laughs> no, whenever, whenever I saw that thing rip the wheel out of your hand, I was nervous. I was like, okay, I just signed up for this. What the hell? Like, what did I sign myself up for? That looks <laughs> tough as hell like I, I don't think i'm a bad driver but damn like that just looked intense and it's yeah because of like what you said they had the stuff cranked up too high and the feedback that you were giving them was what they needed because they didn't really know what to set it up for for like the chili bowl for you know whatever what kind of car we were running a midget weren't we yep and Man, that was by far my favorite part of the show. You were turning some cooking laps on there. He showed us all our lap times afterwards. Yeah. Tanner's running like low tens, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that that was so cool because they were, and it wasn't the same guy. There was two of them that were kind of working with me, but yeah, it was so cool because they were genuinely trying to figure out how to tweak this so my laps are better and the feel is more real and the fact that they actually valued my input was super super cool yeah because while you were going i was talking to the guys and he was saying like yeah we were just kind of we didn't know like (laughs) what to do with this and he helped he's helping us set it up and i was like that's awesome well he's definitely got the experience to do it with so yeah and but that's how the PRI show works, man. You yeah. just yeah. start talking to people and little did I know that just talking to the guys about how I ran the chili bowl the last couple of years and 
that led into me actually giving them feedback and they were using my feedback for future reference, which was super cool. That's pretty slick. That's pretty slick. See, I was just See, happy I, I got to drive that. the damn thing because <laughs> I didn't expect to. Whenever he was like, hey, you want to try this too? I was like, uh, yeah, you don't have to ask me twice. This is the closest thing I've ever been to like driving a real race car. So checking something off the bucket list was definitely worth it. Well, and the cool part was, is obviously I needed more time to do more fine tuning with it. Yeah. But it was fairly close to what it really feels like. So the fact that your first experience with it was not far off from the real thing is really cool. Yeah. And it was not, I don't want to say it was easy by any means. Cause I did do like, I did hit the wall like once or twice and completely kill the car. It would have been a killed car in real life, but man, after you got a certain, like, it was really weird. It, if, that track is so odd and it's so bumpy and there's just so many different things that you got to watch out for as you're coming off the turn, as you're trying to, you know, throw it into the corner and stuff like that. And once you got a little bit of a groove down, like my lap time started to come way down from where I started and I started to get a little rhythm going and it was a lot of fun after that. Yeah. And by the end of it, you were a second off of my lap times. And I mean, mine weren't even that great. I don't think. I I mean I got it fairly decent, but I know I could get it a lot better. But no, that was just an overall really good experience. It would be really cool to work with those guys in the future. And the one guy even told me he's like, if there's anything we can ever do to help you out in the future, let me know. And yeah. I grabbed one of their cards, and I'd like to. That'd be that'd be really fun. That'd be a lot of fun. For oh yeah, me personally, it was just the confirmation of years of like just talking myself up about being able to drive mm-hmm. so first time ever hop behind the wheel of a midget at the freaking chili bowl and i didn't look like a dumbass while i was going <laughs> yeah and like i told the guys there with simcraft is the only discrepancy that i ever see or that i really noticed with the chili bowl on i racing mm-hmm. is in real life the track is way wider like the yeah. track's actually yeah. really narrow, but when you're on the track actually racing, it's a lot wider than it looks. And on the simulator, it just, it seems like it's super, super narrow. Yeah. Cause it was nothing coming off the turns to go up and like smack the wall. I never, I think I hit full throttle a handful of times <laughs> just because every time you would, it would kick out sideways real bad. And I was afraid that like, cause I can't see, and I don't know how big that right rear tire is on those. I was just afraid right. that it would jump that little bit of cushion and just nail the wall. One time it did. And that's the time that I flipped a bunch of times and I was like, all right, I'm not doing that again. I flipped a lot of times and I kept hitting the same spot in the wall on turn one, hoping that eventually the wall would move, but it never did. <laughs> <laughs> see, if they were really good, they would have moved the wall for us. I know. <laughs> But no, I was getting so frustrated and that's when the other guys started coming over and he's like, well, it's because it's not, it's not tuned to you yet. So he's like, let's change some stuff. And that's when we started changing a couple things. Like I said, we changed the pitch a little bit. We changed the yaw a little bit and I found the sweet spot for the feedback. And that's when it was a really realistic feel. Yeah. Like I could start running to where the cushion was and you obviously you don't have the real feel of the right rear actually biting, Mm-mm. but you could feel 
you could feel the simulator actually feel like it's getting bite. The coolest thing I felt is since midgets are the power to weight ratio is insane. Yeah. And on that little track, when you romp on it, it takes absolutely nothing to get the front wheels off the ground. Fact. But you could actually feel that in that simulator. Yep. Like when you yep. would get on the gas and it would start hooking up, you could feel the sim coming up and it actually felt like the front wheels were coming off the ground. That is a fact. The fastest. And when you let off, you could feel when it, when the front end connected to the ground again mm-hmm. and then got light, uh, you could feel that. And that was super impressive to me. To me, I think we may have the same kind of driving style, to be honest with you, just because it felt super, the way that you had it set up on a simulator felt super comfortable for me to drive. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't anything outside of the realm of what I'm used to, just like back roading or driving through dirt, right. dirt roads or whatever. But like, I just loved that you could feel as you were, if you goose the throttle, that nose would come straight off the ground. It was crazy. The feedback in that machine yeah. was amazing. Yeah, well, and like I said, if I could have got a little bit more time to adjust a few more things, just because I'd like to know what more of the yaw adjustment did and what more of the pitch did and stuff like that, I think the feedback was in a really good spot. Mm -hmm. That felt pretty real to me. It's just trying to get all the other axis pivot points nailed on the head would be really nice, but for the... I don't know, half hour I was on it. I felt like we got it fairly close and it, it honestly, it gave you a pretty realistic feel of what it's like at the chili bowl. Oh, that's awesome. If that's what it feels like at the chili bowl, I, man, the only thing, like if I could have done something different, I'd have spent like 20, not 20, 10 minutes on the dirt track. And then, cause I'm not used to dirt, like racing or anything like that. I'm used to asphalt, concrete, like roads. So mm-hmm. I really wish that I would have gotten a truck or something. Cause you can just pick whatever car, like if you want to race trophy trucks or if you want to race IRL, if you want to race NASCAR, whatever, you can pick it and then tune it to what you want and the feel of what it actually is. And that's how like Kyle Busch, you know, Denny Hamlin, that's how those guys set those things up and they spent hours in them because it's like the mm-hmm. real freaking car. I really wish that I would have gotten in a truck and just decided to go around I was thinking about it on my way home and I was like, damn, it would have been really fun to take a truck around like Gateway or Richmond or right. go to Milwaukee, someplace where you're going to get um, tire fall off, a lot of feedback in the wheel, someplace it's not like Daytona where you're just like wide open and it doesn't take any thought to go run mm-hmm. around Daytona whatsoever. Like you or I easily could go qualify Daytona. On the Sims, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking in real life, just based on what people say. Like, you could throw yeah, just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a handful of people in that car, tell them to hold it wide open, show them the line you want them to run, and you're running Daytona. That it's. And honestly, from real life experience, when you're on Daytona by yourself, it's honestly like a Sunday drive. Obviously, you have to have some race sense and you have to have some knowledge of being behind the wheel because I mean, you're going 180 miles an hour. Yeah. But when you have racing experience or just an overall understanding of driving, when you're single car out there by yourself, it's really not that bad. Mm -hmm. If as long as you can get yourself to trust that car, 
the first time you go into turn three wide open, (laughs) it's not that bad because the amount of grip from all that banking is unfreaking real. Oh, it's just plastic to it. You can't spin out. Mm -mm. Like if you were to scrape the splitter on the apron or something, you could probably spin out fairly easy. I did feel it wiggled one time because I got the left front tire right on the yellow paint. You wouldn't think that would make that much of a difference, but as soon as that tire hit that paint, I felt it get a little wiggle, but nothing crazy by any means. But That's interesting. It's probably just the it's, difference uh, in grip from the surface to the yellow line. Oh, yeah. But it Daytona is incredible. I mean, when they uh, when you start running up towards the wall and everything, that's a feeling that without experiencing it for yourself, you can't describe it. Yeah. Because the whole feeling, the air pushing you off the wall when you're that close, like that's a real thing. Yeah. I got to yeah. feel it. It's nuts. Man. And it, it's one of, it. no matter how realistic of a simulator you got, it's just one of those things that you can't truly feel and understand unless you actually do it. Exactly. Yeah. And off of that, with that simulator at the Chili Bowl, that's another thing that maybe with more fine tuning, it would be a little bit different feel and would be probably way more realistic, probably in the other machine they had because it literally moves on every possible axis in the planet. Yeah. yeah. But like when you're running the Chili Bowl, um, a lot of times guys, and I've even done it, like that picture that I have on my Instagram where I'm doing that massive wheelie coming out of turn four there. Mm-hmm. Like you can run with your right rear. You don't understand how tall that inside berm is until you see it in person. You're right. It's big. It's really big, but there's always a lot of grip right there where the bottom of that curb meets the actual racing surface. So like a lot of times you'll see guys that they'll have their right rear right in that crease, right where they meet. And so you're on the curb like this and you're coming out of the corner with the front end up in the air. And that's a wild feel. Like, I don't know if you could really get that feel on a simulator without doing it in person, because you're literally your left rear is up by that white chalk line at the top of the berm. And your right rear is down at the bottom where it meets the racing surface and you're just digging. I think, I think one of the laps that I did, I got pretty close like like, to where that little, to where that cushion and that grip is at. And that was one of the fastest, whenever I hit that for a couple laps in a row, that was the fastest lap times I had by quite a bit. It was, it made up easily half a second or more just doing that at both ends of the track. It's crazy, man. And like in real life, when it actually builds a, a curb up top, up high. Yeah. yeah. And you can, <clears throat> I need to learn how to make that work in my heat race instead of messing up in the heat race every year, because my Saturday night would be much better. But for some reason I have this thing that I have to get, something has to piss me off because then I drive way harder and way faster and I'm just way better. But both years in the heat race, man, I 
jump the cushion in turn one. Exact same spot. Oh my god! Exact same spot. Two years in a row in the heat race, and by the end of the heat race, I have it figured out. So then I would go to the, I would go to the C main, and that curb's right there. And man, you can throw that thing in so hard. And you, I've, with more experience, I could probably come in right on the curb. Yeah. And it would be fine. But I had, I had it figured out to where I could come in. It was probably like eight inches lower than where the curb's at. Just enough to where I could get the car set into the corner and I could, that eight inches or whatever it was, I could have, I could feel the right rear slide up and make contact with that curb and then you get right back in the throttle and i mean it just hooks and it goes it's so fast that's awesome when but so just had to cure out do you know when the chili bowl is like isn't it early 2023 um, yeah it's uh the second week of january i can't remember the dates this year i think it's like the 9th through the 14th or 10th through the 15th something like that i might have to make a trip down there I've been thinking about it because I missed it last year because my car told me I couldn't go. Right. Pretty much. It gave me the middle finger. Like as I was leaving, which is messed up, I was packed up, ready to go meeting you guys down there. Cause you're coming back from the Arca thing with Daytona. Yeah. Daytona. And I get out of work and my tire pressure lights on. I didn't think anything of it because it, it gotten stupid cold. And I was like, ah, it just snapped. That's fine. So, I go to put air in it. No sooner than I put air in it, about 14 pounds exits the tire. By the time I drive across town, I'm like, uh, this ain't going to work. I'm going to have to park this at the tire shop so that it goes. If it goes flat, at least it happens there. And so mm-hmm. I just remember my wife having to come pick me up. And then we had to load all my stuff out into the other car. And I was like, dad, gummit, come on. Like, I was literally, I had just texted you like, Hey, I'm leaving now pretty much. Yeah, I know. And then I I know I was like, Oh yeah, you're going to make it down. This is going to be awesome, man. Then an hour later I was like, man, I can't like my car told me no, pretty much. It gave me the middle finger and was like, you're not going. (laughs) So, but the chili bowl, man, it is, it should be on every race fans bucket list. Man, you need to experience the entire week at least once. But most people, and when we used to go just as spectators, we probably went three or four times just as spectators before I finally raced in it. And uh, we would usually go down for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because, I mean, you can still see a ton of racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But it is an absolute grind Mm -hmm. when you go Mm -hmm. Sunday to Sunday. I can't imagine. That's got to be crazy. And like this year, I uh, we went down on Sunday. We practiced Monday, and I qualified on Tuesday. The last two years, we hung out Wednesday, and then Thursday we flew to Daytona, hung out in Daytona all day Thursday, got our credentials and everything. Went to the track at like six in the morning. Uh. My team owner had me go first because he knew I had to get back to Tulsa. So I practiced the technically like the morning session. Yeah. I was the first one to go out with his car. And then uh, we had to get to the airport and get back on the plane and come back. And we got back to Tulsa 
like uh like one o'clock in the mor- Saturday morning, and then we had to go to bed and try and be to the expo building by nine, but more like eight because we had to get everything ready because I did absolutely terrible in my heat race, and then the car just wasn't running right in the C main, so I had to start all the way in the K main. Oh and man, I remember that. I figured, yeah, it was just not good. I started in the H two years ago, made it all the way to the F, which for my first time there is freaking incredible. But I just, I made a big mistake jumping the cushion in my heat race again and uh, had to start all the way back in the K. And I figured, you know, I've paid the money to come down here. I'm here. I'm just going to run. I'm going to get my laps, whatever. And it just, I got taken out by my own damn teammates muffler. That's just frustrating. <laughs> in the K main. I, uh, I wasn't too far out of a transfer spot either. I was hoping to at least transfer a couple times just so I could get more seat time. And, uh, I see something bouncing down the front straightaway and I'm like, what is that? And I just set the car going into turn one and I saw this thing take a bounce from hell. And I was like, Oh no, it's going to hit my right rear. I know it. It's going to hit it. And all of a sudden I felt the car hop and it spun me out. And I was like, Oh no. Come to find out it was my teammates muffler. It fell off. What the hell are the odds of that? I know. I, I couldn't believe it. Talk about but, weird shit happening. Yeah. Well, you see, what happened was. <laughs> <laughs> we only. Oh, my gosh. So so we need to get back to the rest of the PRI story. We kind of derailed here, got talking about the Chili Bowl and stuff. Yeah. But there is more to unpack. <laughs> there, there really is. And. We went on a bunch of random adventures. Um, so Friday night, I'm going to start with that one. Friday night, we're getting ready to leave. And there is a SEMA get-together, which I wanted to go I wanted to go be a part of because I'm a volunteer for two different SEMA councils. Like, I know a bunch of the people there. And I hadn't gotten to meet any of them yet besides the dude with the hair that we met earlier in the day. Yep. Like, that's the first time I'd ever seen him. And... Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be awesome. We'll just go there, hang out, and then we can go meet your guys for dinner afterwards. We're like, yeah, we're going to go do that. And we start walking around, and, you know, we're looking for this random ballroom or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, nowhere to be found. We wound up walking into, like, the Engine Builder Awards ceremony or some shit like that. And we walk yep. in, and we're like, I don't think this is where we're supposed to be. And well, the best part was we walked in like we <laughs> we were meant to be there. Yeah, we, did. <laughs> we ended up getting two hats and a flag, like just because we showed up. I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I like hats, but this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> like, this isn't where I was supposed <laughs> to be. Then we actually asked, uh, you know, a person that works at PRI, like, hey, where is this, you know, where's this get together at? And he goes, oh, it's just up these steps and around the corner. I was like, oh, OK, cool. It's in one of the upstairs places. So we go upstairs, walk around this corner, and we see a bunch of tables set up. And I'm like, oh, okay, this this is looking a little bit better. No, it was like the NHRA NMCA awards ceremony or something like that. And there's all these, like, suit and tie guys walking around. 
And we look at mm -hmm. each other like, I don't think we should even walk into this place because <laughs> <laughs> we were so out of place. It wasn't even worth it. So we walked back downstairs and by that time it was like, all right, this is late enough. We spent like enough time walking around. We just need to get back to the car. And that's where we had the little adventure trying to find your car too uh -huh. because of where it was. <laughs> and man, that parking garage was messed up. Like I've never seen more discombobulated parking garage before in my life there would that is the best way to explain it discombobulated there would, like i usually when you go in there's like letters on the wall and stuff like that you get like e and then you have certain like e one two three four five and so on for different rows and whatever in parking garages and it's easy to navigate this one it was like f e l g a c d and i was like what the frick is going on none of this makes any sense so luckily we did find your car though, um, pretty quick. Yeah. We just kept walking straight until we heard it beeping as you were hitting the alarm <laughs> or as you're well, hitting the lock button. The other thing is, is they have signs that say no pedestrian traffic on the ramps. Yeah. I don't know how else to get in there. No, there was no other way to get in. It was like this <laughs> hidden little parking garage and I don't know if it's supposed to be like that or whatever, but that was just kind of wild. And Man, luckily it was easy to navigate that night. We found everything we were supposed to, and that all worked out great. Well, remember when we got to the stoplight by the checkered flag tavern? Oh, yeah. Evidently, <laughs> sidewalks are roads in Indianapolis. Because, like this, this little alley thing next to us isn't marked, and I'm I'm driving the jeep. We're trying to get to this place. And we're at the stoplight. We see the tavern and we're like, oh, cool. It's like right up there. And all of a sudden, like six cars show up and they pull up on this unmarked. Like It looks like the sidewalk pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And they're just driving along the sidewalk. And I was like, well, I guess we ain't getting over. So we drove straight down, turned around and came back. <laughs> and that actually wasn't that bad. The coolest thing was on Saturday, whenever we found that $10 parking place. And then we yes. got shuttled to the front to of the, the convention, front center. Of the convention center. Yes, because we left our bags and we left our jackets in the car because we want to drag around all day. Yep. And we're like, yeah, we yep. can be cold for 10 minutes walking over there or whatever. And as soon as we walk away from the Jeep, this guy pulls up on the golf cart and he waves over at us. Oh, I can take four. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that ride was really cold, but it was totally worth it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. Instead of having to walk Instead all the way through like Lucas Oil Stadium and underneath and everything, we just uh -huh. hightailed it over and we were good to go. It was awesome. That, yeah, we, and that, then, we had ten dollar parking in downtown Indianapolis. Like that just doesn't happen. Yes. No, that was awesome. Yes. The last was kind of the most was the funniest. <laughs> so the show's over at four, and we get back. To Tanner, we we carpooled to the show so that we didn't have to pay double parking or whatever. And we get back and it's late enough. It's like after five or something. And we're like, you know what? By the time we, you know, drive back home and stuff, let's just figure out a place to eat real quick. And we had talked about eating Chick-fil-A the night before. So we both were like, let's try to find a Chick-fil-A. And we found one in a place that you can't eat unless you're, you know, have bought a ticket, namely the airport. <laughs> so, <laughs> I punch in the GPS and it doesn't say it's at the airport when I punch it into the thing. It's just like it's on this road, 10945 or whatever it was, south outer, blah, blah, blah. 
It just says the physical address. It doesn't say it's inside of an airport. So we come up over this hill, and all I see is airplanes and a giant abandoned parking garage. And the GPS is telling me that the Chick-fil-A is in the middle of this parking garage. I was like, no, it isn't. It's at the freaking airport. (laughs) So we got to go into this, like, gated off old parking garage, turn around, and we're like, so where's the next one at? So it's like 10 minutes down the road, no big deal. Well, the way that the GPS took us, we were going to end up in one of two places. Like we were going to end up in some suburb that was going to be really, really nice, which thank goodness that's where we ended up. Or we were going to end up in uh-huh. a place that we questioned heavily <laughs> whether we should yes. eat there or not. And yes, luckily we found this like real bougie part of Indianapolis. And it was like there were strip malls all over the place, four lane road construction going on. Super nice part of downtown Indianapolis. And then spent an hour and a half or whatever at chick-fil-a until we finally decided we should probably go home (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was just one adventure after the other i mean driving home for me was kind of interesting too on the way home there was a no matter what what way you went there was a like bad wreck on i-70 outside of Terre Haute, indiana so i went another way thinking that i was going to bypass everything no that did not happen (laughs) <laughs> at all all the traffic had diverted already to that road that i was on a smaller highway and it was just nuts to butts traffic like for miles i was stuck in traffic for long enough that tanner got home like 10 minutes after i did and i got an hour shorter drive yep <laughs> oh man i mean it we might need to just change this to first gear adventures <laughs> that'll be whenever we branch out to something else yeah (laughs) that'll be our outdoor segment (laughs) oh man but overall it makes for a good story (laughs) man overall that was one of the best weekends i've had in a long time same here it was 100 percent worth the wiper blade doing shenanigans on the way down (laughs) All the really random adventures. We have decided that anytime we're together from now on, it's going to be an adventure because it seemed like no matter what we tried to do, shit was happening. Yes. (laughs) Whether we wanted it to or not, it was going to (laughs) happen. It was fun, though. It made for an exciting time. Like, at least we had to got cool stories to tell out of it. Oh, man, we had a blast. And we were only there for a day and a half. Yeah. 36 hours. That was it. Like. Boom, boom, gone. And we really didn't spend much money at all. That was the part that I was going to get to was you can ball on a budget doing this like what we did. Even from four, five hours away. Like if you have the right kind of car, if you're not driving like a 0360-410 rear gear ratio, three-quarter ton Silverado that gets like nine miles to the gallon, you'll be doing pretty good. Like most normal cars are fine. Like the Jeep, 80 miles an hour, 24 miles to the gallon. I absolutely love that thing. You can't you can't beat the performance, the mile per gallon, and all the storage space. I can put all my stuff in the back and haul four other people mm-hmm. and be just fine. Yeah. And I mean, it was a tank of fuel there and a tank of fuel back. Yep. So I rounded up, and for about 200 bucks, we went to PRI. Yeah, that's about exactly what I spent. 
So, and it wasn't, and that was including parking and all the other stuff, like just everything but that I had. We did also prep our food to take with us. So that's a big money saver. True. Because we're nerds and we like to eat healthy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we all, I only ended up eating, well, I had my breakfast and then the lunch from the day before I had for breakfast the day after. So, yep. I mean, that wasn't bad. But it just, like, if you want to go and you don't have much to go on or, you know, whatever your situation is, if you just prep your meals and figure out, you know, you don't need to stay in a five-star hotel to have a good time. Like, the hotel we stayed at was, if we would have booked sooner, would have been much, much cheaper, too. Like, if we would have booked oh, yeah. a month in advance or so, whenever we were first talking about it, it would have been, like, $40 total for the two of us to Probably. stay there. But and it wasn't a bad hotel. like. It was just old. No. It was the only thing. It was just old. Yeah. That, but what do you, what really do you need? I don't know. You just need a place to take a nap pretty much whenever you're doing shows like that. Yeah. It's just, if you've never been on a weekend adventure doing any type of auto show, like working for somebody or somebody else, your ba your hotel is basically a place for you to take a nap and then go back the next day. That's it. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm I'm really glad we decided to go. I think it was very productive, very eventful, <laughs> <laughs> and I, it just for making a game time decision to go, it was uh, definitely worth it. Definitely worth the two hundred bucks. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, the value that will be had out of that little investment to go down there is going to be so well worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the conversations we had, especially on Friday night, man, I just I feel like that two hundred bucks is gonna really make a huge difference yeah. going forward, especially in the next year. Twenty twenty three is gonna be the best year ever up until that point. Twenty twenty four is just gonna be an improvement. Yeah. But I'm excited for all the stuff going on next year. Hundred percent. You and me both. We got this, and the fact that you get to be more involved with it is super cool, man. Oh, it's gonna be fun. I'm, I've been like itching to get back into racing since I helped out with the truck series team a long time ago, and it was just a series of unfortunate events. I couldn't afford to volunteer anymore, so I couldn't go back for a long time. And then by the time I could afford to go back, it was at the point where Mike wasn't doing good and then the team kind of folded up after he passed away and it doesn't exist anymore. So like just a shot to get to go do this again, it doesn't usually happen twice in a lifetime. Like you usually get right. one and then you're done and that's about it. Yep. And uh, make that be another full circle thing for you. It would be super cool. That'll be, that, that'll just be insane. Like you bring me back to some of these, NASCAR tracks doing some of the same stuff I was doing. I'm going to get emotional because the last time I did it was with Mike. So mm -hmm. it's going to be fun. Well, and it's just like I told you the other day, that was like the very first conversation we ever had when we first met over three years ago. Yeah. Is yeah. how you wanted to get more involved with racing. And it just so happened that I 
ended up being this stranger at the table that you started talking to and I happened to be involved in racing and now we're going to have a chance to go racing together and that's going to be awesome. Man. That's going to be fun. I'm excited to see where it goes. I know it's going to go up, but I'm excited to see where it goes. Yes. So, I think, man, that's about all I had. Other than thanking everybody again this week for sharing the show. We're so far ahead of where I thought we would be at this point because of everybody listening to the show that... For sure, it's, man. It's incredible. Like, I, every time I look at the stats on iTunes or Spotify or whatever and all the back-end stuff, seeing that number just continue to grow with the pace that it's growing just means the world to both of us. And, you know, you guys listening to us ramble for, you know, 90 minutes to two hours usually at a time, like, just thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for doing everything that you've been doing, following us on social media. Like everything is just growing so much faster than what I thought it would. Yeah. And like he said, we appreciate the hell out of all of it. Um, and actually this episode might be pretty fun to listen to. There's a lot of detailed stuff we actually talked about. Yeah. Um, giving some inside look of different racing experiences and then our crazy adventures that apparently are going to happen every time we're together and uh but no again thank you guys so much for supporting the show it it's so cool when people will text me or call me or when they see me in person like oh who you guys have on next week well we're working on it so (laughs) i gotta work i gotta work on getting that lined up this week but i'm hoping we can record an episode when i'm in montana yep on this sunday i'm hoping i just gotta send a message and it should be no problem but it's uh if i can get it lined up it's gonna be really cool because it's not oval track racing it's not dirt track racing it's uh it's still a form of racing but it's a little different and i think you guys will like it that one's gonna be pretty epic yeah and uh the people he knows that we could have on in the future would be really cool too. So a hundred percent. We ran into a couple of guys that I know at PRI. I know I have yes. seen in years and getting to talk to those guys again was just so cool. And one of them in particular is the segue to a lot of potential amazing guests. Um, he's, he was a part of the Mittler brothers team for a very long time. We got to be pretty good buddies whenever I worked there and just mm-hmm. happened to run into him at PRI. And some of the story, he, we were there for probably 40 minutes just talking to him, like at least man. going on about stories that some of them were new to me. And I'm, I thought he had told me most of the stuff that had happened, but no, he's got, he's got a lot of stuff in the tank that he can, he can get at us with, but that'll be fun. well. And it was it was cool how involved he was in that conversation too, because there was actual like potential customers coming up trying to talk to, and like <laughs> he was he was just all zoned in talking to us two gearheads. So yeah. I mean, it was it was cool, man. And some of the stuff he even said to me too, it kind of validated in my mind that what I'm doing is the right thing. So that was that was cool, yeah. super cool guy, and. Hopefully we can have him on the show because he has got some stories. We'll learn the tales of 
Mittler brothers whenever he comes on and then yes. some, cause he knows a lot of people in the industry and has known them for a long time. So, and I was just, I was flabbergasted that he remembered who I was. Cause it was seven years ago, whenever I worked for the team and he was, we just recognized each other. And he, as soon as we said each other's mm-hmm. name, it was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, that was, that was a cool conversation. That was one of my, favorite conversations we had and I wasn't really even that involved with it, but just spectating was, that was cool, man. Yeah. It was real nice. His name is Bill. It was amazing to get to talk to him again. So I'm going to try I got his information. I'm going to try to get him on the show within the next couple months. And then I got a bunch of guys that I need to do a better job at tracking down and we'll get them on. Yeah. So I, uh, this show has been a lot of fun and, uh, it's probably a good time. <laughs> to to close this one out to you because my voice is going away again. Um, same. I'm having to. I've been drinking a lot more water just to keep stuff fresh and yeah. So I'm gonna close this out again. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show, sharing the show. Again, as always, if you got value out of anything that we said today or looking for the next guest, please remember to share the show in some way. Tell your buddies about it. The only way that we grow is by referral. So we appreciate the hell out of it. Yeah. Thank you guys so very much. We, uh, we appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Exactly. All right. So if you want to follow Tanner, what's your, uh, what's your handle? My Instagram is at underscore Tanner Allen underscore. And you can also follow me on Facebook at Tanner Allen racing. All right. And we're at first gear podcast on almost every media outlet so instagram tiktok facebook you can find us almost anywhere if you guys have any questions uh i've been getting more messages on the back end if you guys have any questions we'll be happy to talk to you on the back end too so thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you all next week see See you guys